Welcome to the preaching podcast of Life Point Church. We're so glad you've joined us here. If you're ever in the Baton Rouge area, please stop by. We'd love to meet you. For more information on our church or Pastor Donovan, please visit our website at golifepoint.com. Here tonight, let me say a huge thank you to everyone. Wildlife kids, yeah, bye-bye. Uh, yeah, y'all can be dismissed too. Uh, <laughs> let me say a couple things. First of all, I'm so glad that each of you are okay. I apologize if we couldn't get in touch with you after the storm. As you know, we you know, all had communication issues, and especially those of us who use the Antichrist cell service called AT&T. Uh, so, you know, I wish we could have gotten in touch with you, but we couldn't. Couldn't get in touch with everybody. Uh, so if you need anything, please let us know. We'll do everything we can to coordinate help for you. If we can't do it, we can get people that constantly contact us and, you know, is there anything we can do? And so, you know how the challenge is, it's like, yeah, but it's going to be like Thursday. And they're like, well, we're available today only. And you're like, well, I don't know where to send you right now. So, you know, it's just trying to trying to coordinate all of that. It's not the easiest thing. We are still waiting on another truck from, uh, I want to say Good Morning America, but it's not. It's called Reach Out America and, and Feed the Children. And so that was... Uh, Something that has, we've got this uh, lift back here that's uh, this, this forklift for the, uh, for the other uh, truck, but uh, they, I don't, they don't know when the truck's coming. So it was supposed to be here before today, and it's not here. Let me say this, for those of you who helped on a Saturday and Sunday, thank you so, so much. We were able to get literally tons of material distributed out into Livingston Parish, down to the river parishes, and then to those all around us. Literally tons of stuff. And I shouldn't say that. I was going to make a little joke, but I'm not going to make a little joke because none of this is funny. But we were able to get a ton of stuff, tons of stuff uh, distributed. And thank you to Kelly Brown. Thank you to Randy Abraham for cooking so much and so well. And we got tons of jambalaya distributed as well. Today, I got uh, uh, met some people here from Lake Charles, and they brought us uh, just a bunch of stuff to make red beans and rice. So I sent Kelly and Randy a picture of it, and uh, one of them said, I want to say yippee Kaye or Kuyon or something like that. So they're all excited about it, and uh, we're going we're gonna to cook again when we're able to distribute if that truck comes in. I'll keep you posted. I wish I knew more. Let me say one last thing while you give me some sad background music. The, uh, we did have this lift. This is a crazy story right here, but this lift back here is uh, this, uh, what do they call it? A, a telehandler. Thank you. This telehandler, it, because the, we had just a forklift, and uh, thank you. This is not online, so I can just straight up tell you. Thank you, United Rentals, for, for allowing us to rent from you. Because in a pandemic, or pandemic, in a storm, in a situation, crisis, they don't do cash customers. you got to have an account and that kind of thing. And I called them desperate. We need a forklift. And so they were kind enough to let us, to let us rent a forklift from them that we used to unload the truck. But it was just a forklift, so we had to drag the pallets out to the end, reach in, grab them, pull them down. Uh, and they were very nice, but they also charged us $500. Thank you very much, United Rentals. Then, Steve had a connection, blah, 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 
And this telehandler out here is provided by Apple Corporation. Can you believe that? Thank you, Apple, for this gigantic telehandler. And so uh, huge shout out to them, even though you will never see this because that camera's not even on. But uh, just crazy. But thank you to everyone that helped. Man, you guys made it happen. It was crazy around here. But, you know, that's what we do. And uh, it's funny. I was talking to somebody about jambalaya. And jambalaya to us is now like tragedy food, you know, crisis food. So I don't even really want jambalaya most of the time because it makes me think of storms. But when the storm comes through, I'm kind of like, where's the jambalaya? You know, I'm kind of hungry. It's, it's sounding good, you know. Uh, so then red beans and rice for the next go around. I'm going to preach to you. I, I was, you just, I've been all over the place, uh, as you have. We've all been everywhere. Uh, I had, my son got engaged in St. Louis, for those of you who don't know. Uh, he got engaged uh, Monday night. We were supposed to fly, I had tickets forever. We were supposed to fly up there, be with them, fly back. Our flight got canceled. So Sunday night, we realized this, and me and Mama beelined it to St. Louis. We were there for Monday night, beelined it Tuesday back here. We're here Tuesday. So that was crazy, but Alexander is engaged. So uh, congratulations, Alexander. All right, tonight I'm going to talk something about um, along these lines, behind the scenes is what I'm calling it, behind the scenes, and I want to deal with uh, the spirit realm and uh, spiritual realities. So I'm going to read a scripture, and we're not doing Hosea, obviously, tonight. We'll come back to Mr. Hosea, but we're going to just talk about some things I feel led to talk about in this challenging season. So let me read this. Why don't you stand with me right now? We're going to look to the book of Daniel, chapter 10. And we're going to look starting at verse 10. Suddenly a hand touched me, which made me tremble on my knees and on the palms of my hands, and said to me, O Daniel, man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright, for I have now been sent to you while he was speaking this word to me, I stood trembling. Then he said to me, Do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I have come because of your words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me twenty-one days, and behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I had been left alone there with the kings Persia. Now I have come to make you understand what will happen to your people in the latter days, for the vision refers to many days yet to come. So I'm calling this behind the scenes, and I just want to say a prayer. Father, thank you so much for your word. Uh, anoint me to speak. Help us to hear your word, Father, and we give you all the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Now, there's always more going on behind the scenes than what you see on the surface. So like when you come to church here, you know, there's stuff going on. There's people doing things. You come in, if you're not on a team or you don't serve, you're just, you just walk in the door 
and you enjoy the service, you worship the Lord. But there's stuff going on behind the scenes to make all of this happen. The fact that we have no internet tonight is uh, just, it's a sad thing. We have no internet, so we can't live stream. To make that happen, though, when we do have internet, there's a team working on that, working the camera, getting the zooms just right, just so. Music teams up here working behind the scenes. There's people that will be here tomorrow cleaning to get it ready for Sunday. And just on and on it goes. When you go to Disney World, uh, hello, Voyevich family. When you go to Disney World, it looks amazing. But it doesn't just happen. There's stuff going on behind the scenes. I mean, they got tunnels under Disneyland to make all that stuff happen. If you ever go out to a homeless house out, out here, <clears throat> Mr. Kevin, when he bought the place, he, he hired a gardener, one of the first things he did, and he told the gardener, he said, I want you to give me gardens like Disney World. And he said, and money is not a problem. Whatever you have to spend, spend it. The gardener didn't believe him until he started writing the checks. And if you ever go out there, you'll see how amazing it is. Anybody ever been out there? It's incredible. And here's how it happens. It happens because there's stuff going on behind the scenes. And so in, it's the same in the spirit realm as it is in the natural realm. When you see things shifting and happening, happening uh, on, on a physical, geopolitical, uh, global scale, it's, it, and they, it seems to be running together, there's a spiritual force working behind the scenes to make things happen and move the way they are moving. And that's a biblical perspective. Sometimes we take the mystical out of Christianity and we just see it as being nice and smiling and saying, God bless you, or do you know Jesus? But when we do that, we're really taking the mystical side, the spiritual side, if you will, out of Christianity. And it's a very, very spiritual thing that we're involved in. Just life in general and Christianity in particular. We're involved in a cosmic struggle. There's always going, uh, more going on behind the scenes than what meets the eye. Not only is God moving behind the scenes, but His angels are moving behind the scenes. The term, the word angel or angels appears 109 times in the Old Testament and 180 in the New Testament. And let me just say this. No one knows for sure how many angels were actually created. Angels are created beings. There's one non-created being, and that's the Lord God Most High. But angels are created beings, and we don't know how many were actually created in the beginning. The Bible's not clear on this. But Revelation 5.11 says this, 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands. That's the number of angels that are mentioned in Revelation 5 and 11. And that's the good angels. Adam Clark says this in his commentary, myriads of myriads and chiliads of chiliads. I love that word, chiliads. I've heard myriads, chiliads is like a new one. But it means an infinite or innumerable multitude. Very conservative estimates number the angels to be in the hundreds of millions. And a lot of scholars, and I tend to believe with these scholars, uh, believe that the total number is in the billions of angels. And 
we know that there is an archangel named Lucifer. He rebelled against God. He became Satan. And it looks as if he took some of the angels with him. Uh, and from some of the scriptures, people think maybe a third of the angels went with him. So I believe, myself, I believe there are billions of, of angels or demon spirits that are on the dark side and that they're, and they're fallen angels or demons. And then on the, the light side, on the good side, there are, again, billions uh, of angels that are for us. As a matter of fact, we know there's more for us than against us because of what the Scripture says uh, in dealing with, with that, which I'll get to either this time or next time. Are you with me? Isn't this exciting? Now, having said all of that, God has plans and purposes, and He uses angels to accomplish His will. And the devil has plans and purposes, and they're always against God's plans and purposes, and he uses fallen angels and demons to accomplish his will. Now, there's always going stuff going on behind the scenes, always stuff going on behind the scenes. You can't see it, but it's there. God has a plan and purpose for your life, and his angels will help you fulfill the destiny that God has on your life. And you're like, are you kidding me? Like, you mean angels would work on my behalf? They would, they would help me? And I would say, yes, absolutely. God is on your side. The Holy Spirit is working on your behalf. But if God employs angels to help move his plans and purposes along, and God's got a purpose for your life and a plan for your life, then the angels of God will also get involved in your life. This happened in the Old Testament, and it happened in the New Testament. So we see it like, for instance, with Elijah. We see it with Elisha. We see it with Isaiah. We see it with the prophet Daniel that we just read about. We see it with the Lord Jesus Christ, the body of Christ 2,000 years ago. And then we see it in the church, the body of Christ 2,000 years ago, just after Jesus ascended and the Holy Spirit was poured out. For instance, when Peter was in prison, an angel came and met with him and broke him out. When Paul and Silas were in prison, the angels were involved in that miraculous escape. There were angels involved in the Old Testament, in the ministry of Jesus, and in the New Testament church. And folks, if we're part of that church, then there are angels that are working for us and with us here Today, do you believe that? I believe that. There's always more going on behind the scenes, and God wants us to become aware of that. Now, we also understand that the devil works against us, too, and uses demons and fallen angels. And Again, I could go through the Old Testament. We see that. We see that in the ministry of Jesus, and then we also see that in the New Testament church. Paul said that... that I'm, I'm trying to come to you. There's a door that's open for me, but there are many adversaries. Paul was on the island of Cyprus, and this, this sorcerer withstood him and tried to keep a man from coming to Christ. And, and Simon, I mean, his name was Simon the sorcerer, and Paul struck him blind and, call, and re rebuked the spirit that was behind what was going on in his working against this man coming to Jesus. 
Sergius Paulus. And, and then in the ministry of Simon Peter, Peter was approached by another uh, a sorcerer. I may be getting my names confused. But in Simon's, uh, Simon Peter's ministry, a sorcerer came to him and, and was trying to buy the power of the Holy Spirit and whatnot. And again, Peter looked at him and said, uh, and rebuked the spirit that was behind what was going on in his life. Paul and Silas, Paul rebukes uh, a spirit that was working in a, a little girl that was saying things and disturbing his meetings. Again, demonic spirits working behind the scenes. If that happened back then, I believe it happens now. The devil is always trying to destruct, to bring destruction, still kill, destroy. But the Lord is working to construct, to bless, to bring life and life more abundantly. Now, the Bible has some interesting tidbits about angels and demons. I'm going to share a couple of these. Elisha's servant Gehazi, 2 Kings 6, he was troubled by this impending defeat. They were surrounded. They were in trouble. Elisha prayed that God would open Gehazi's eyes. And when he did, he saw this heavenly host surrounding them. And he realized there's more for us than are against us. The Lord is called the Lord of hosts. One translation says the God of the angel armies. One angel in the Old Testament killed 185,000 Assyrians in one night. One angel in one night took care of 185,000 enemies of God's people. And he's the God, our God is the God of the angel armies. And if there are billions of angels and one can do that, are you kidding me? If God is for us, who can be against us? Nothing can separate us from the love of God that's in Christ. There's more going on behind the scenes. Can I just, can I just say what I feel? Here's what I feel. Some of you, are, you're dealing with situations that are oppressive, that are manipulative, that are controlling you, that are trying to hold you down, depress you, suppress you, oppress you. And, and you're having a hard time wrapping your mind around some of the situations that you're facing and you're just thinking, man, I'm going through a hard time. And I would like to suggest that it could be possibly that there is a coordinated supernatural intelligence behind what you're facing. And the idea is to try to distract you, to get you off your purpose, and to get you off your faith. And I would suggest that maybe you should start seeing it as a spiritual attack and I'm not the guy that looks for devils under every rock. You know what I'm saying. I had a flat tire, ran into a, a, a pothole on Daigle Road. I blame Ascension Parish for that and not Satan. So I don't see demons every time I get a flat tire and that kind of stuff. But at the same time, I've lived this life long enough to know that when you get moving in the right direction, there is going to be opposition that comes up. There's more going on behind the scenes than what you realize. What I realize, and sometimes we forget it, I've come to remind you tonight, there's more going on behind the scenes, but as big and bad and ugly as the devil may be, and as down as you may be in facing your giants, 
God is on your side. Let faith arise. You're not by yourself. God is for you. And the holy angels of God are on your side. Give us some praise right now for it. Can you do it? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. So he said, open his eyes, Lord. And he saw that there was this army of angels surrounding them. Angels are found in the stories of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Moses, the children of Israel, all throughout the Old Testament. It's amazing. And so here's the deal. If there were angels fighting for God's people, you have to understand there were fallen angels, demonic spirits fighting against God's people. And so when those Assyrians came against Israel in that one situation, it wasn't just the Assyrians that had the idea, let's go, let's go beat up on the Israelites. There was a spiritual element to that, a supernatural intelligence that was guiding that. And so having said that, I want to go back to the book of Daniel that we just read and talk about it. Suddenly a hand touched me, which made me tremble on my knees and on the palms of my hands. Now, Daniel had been fasting and praying for 21 days. Daniel had been reading the book of Jeremiah. I think it's cool when you find these little stories out. Like Daniel read the same book of Jeremiah that you read. Daniel was reading through the book of Jeremiah. And he was starting to understand some things about Babylonian captivity. And he prayed, God, give me understanding. I want to know what this means. What did my buddy Jeremiah mean by this? And he's, he's reading and he's studying it and he's praying and fasting for 21. One part of the book of Daniel says for three weeks, 21 days, three weeks, he fasts and prays, God, I need an answer. I don't know if you've ever fasted 21 days, but I don't care if you're doing the Daniel fast, which is like where you, you know, eat nuts and seeds and whatever, you know what I mean? I forgot what you can eat on that. I hate the Daniel fast. The, when Daniel was in the lion's den, you know, the lions were on a Daniel's fast, right? A Daniel fast because they didn't eat Daniel. And then I heard one man say, J. Vernon McGee said that, that uh, the lions didn't eat Daniel because all he was made of was backbone and gristle, right? That's why they didn't eat him. But Daniel was on a 21-day fast and, 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 and seeking the Lord for an answer. And, and so it, suddenly a hand touched him that made him tremble. And there was a voice, Oh, Daniel, man greatly beloved, Understand the words that I speak to you and stand up right now. I have now been sent to you. So here's a being that's been sent to Daniel. And while he's speaking this word to me, he says, I stood trembling. And he said to me, don't fear, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, that's what prayer and fasting is, it's humbling ourselves before God. Can I stop and say this? If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, that is a prayer and fasting and seek my face and 
turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven. Daniel had humbled himself. He was seeking the face of the Lord. He's praying. He's fasting. He's turning to God. He says, for, from the first day that you started this journey, your words were heard. And I have come because of your words, your prayers. Let me say this. Your prayers are more powerful than you realize. There's more going on behind the scenes than what it looks like. So when we praise the Lord and it's like, you know, I raise a hallelujah. And it seems like it just stops on the ceiling. It doesn't. It's moving into the realm of the spirit. It's shaking the foundations of hell. It's heard in heaven. When a child of God is lifting up the praises of God, the, the Lord inhabits the praises of his covenant people. There's more going on behind the scenes. And so here it says that I came because of your words, but check it out. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. And behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I have been left alone. I had been left alone there with the kings of Persia. Now I have come to make you understand what will happen to your people in the latter days, for the vision refers to many days yet to come. And he begins to unfold the book of Jeremiah to Daniel and show him what was going on. Who is this guy speaking? This is Gabriel. This is an angel. This is an archangel. There are three archangels in the Bible that we know of. And they are Michael, Gabriel, which we just saw in this story, both of them. And the other was Lucifer. And Lucifer then turned and fell. He's a fallen angel. And he became Satan. So here we have two archangels, and we'll get into that. We won't get into it tonight, but we'll get into it. There are ranks of authority. It's like the military. There's ranks of authority. That's how things get done. Man, you cannot overemphasize the subject of authority in the Scripture. That's when, when, when you, from from. As the Dutch would say, from kiver to kiver, when you, from the front to the back of the Bible, you could sum it up in one word, submission to authority. The most high God. You know, you are God in heaven, and here I am on earth. I let my words be few. It's a submission to authority. If my people will humble themselves, it's a bowing to the authority and so here we have this idea of ranks in the angelic realm and ranks in the demonic or the fallen angel realm. So Gabriel comes down, touches Daniel. Daniel pretty much falls out. He's shaking and trembling. He's revived by this touch of an angel. And the, the words are comforting words. Oh, Daniel, man greatly beloved. In Daniel 9.23, he said it again greatly beloved, and he's going to say it again in, in verse 19. And it's interesting to me that John is another one, John the Beloved, one of the sons of thunder, one of the disciples of Jesus. 
John, who also wrote the book of Revelation, uh, is, is referred to as greatly beloved. He sh- the, and this is a cool aside. The Lord shares his secrets with those that he loves. When, when Abraham was approached by the Lord and angels about the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah, the way it went down is, shall, shall I hide this thing that I'm about to do to Sodom and Gomorrah from Abraham? Abraham that God loved with this covenant love? He reveals things to those that he loves. You, should, you and I, brothers and sisters, we should expect the Lord to speak to us. I, I feel like uh, it's awful quiet in this hurricane-smitten church tonight, but we should expect the Lord to speak to us. Again, let me go back and say that. The mystical side of Christianity, we've dumbed it down. We've tried to get rid of that because we don't want to appear weird. The whole story is weird, right? We believe in a supernatural God. And to take the mystical out of it is to take the power out of it. We should expect God to speak to our lives. Some of you, how many of you do not have power yet in your house? I, I saw that hand. I saw some hands go up. Quick, keep them up. I, I got my glasses on now. Yeah, no power on in your house. Hey, a hurricane party is all fun and games until the power goes out. And then it's no fun. You can't watch, you know, TV. You can't surf the web. You, the lights go out. The AC goes out. It's just crazy. I'm, I'm going to tell you who's going to get some business this week in the next few months. Generac, right? Generac, hello financing, right? Whole house generator. But, but when the power goes out, right, it's, it's miserable, and you take the power out of Christianity, and, and it's like your house without power. You got all kind of equipment that's not functioning. The gifts of the Spirit, right? My natural talents and giftings, they do not get the job done in the Spirit realm. But I can plug into the power, brothers and sisters. I can pray in the Spirit. I can pray the fire down from God. You know what I'm saying? I can pray angels into my situation. Not because I'm like a guru, but because the blood of Jesus has made this possible. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus, created in righteousness and true holiness. On the inside, I'm wall-to-wall Holy Ghost, been filled with the Spirit, brothers and sisters. And when I open my mouth, the Lord takes heed to the words that come out of my mouth. Just like Daniel, because of your words, I'm here. Some of you need to hear that. Because of your words, the angels of God are with you and moving. I got some texts this week. I said, Pastor, God has done something awesome in our lives. We prayed, and God answered the prayer. What happened? I mean, did that just, you prayed it, and then uh, somehow it happened? Angels got involved in that situation. God began to move in that situation. Because of your words, the power was released. There's always more going on behind the scenes. Behind the scenes than what you realize. God shares things with those that, uh, that he loves. And he says, I want you to stand up. I got something. You need to hear it. You need to pay attention. So get up, old boy. So he stands up and he says, from the first day your words were heard, God heard his prayers. The, f- the 
first word he prayed. I don't know what his first word was. We, we probably have it in the text if I were to look it up. You know, Lord. Lord? What is it, Daniel? I want to understand the book of Jeremiah. Gabriel, go. Gabriel immediately is dispatched on the first day. And this is mind-boggling. Gabriel could not get to Daniel because of spiritual opposition. In other words, a peer of his, an equal on the other side, resisted him. Actually, multiple ones resisted him getting this He's dispatched. He's an angel, a messenger from God, sent to minister to an heir of salvation, Daniel, a prophet of the Most High God, sent with an answer, but he could not get there because of spiritual opposition. And it's geopolitically identified. Check it out. The prince of Persia withstood me. The prince, a principality, a, a ruler of a geopolitical area called Persia. So it's around Iran today. Years ago, Lizzie and Brendan were flying in the Middle East, and Brendan called me. He's like, hey, man, our flight got diverted. We're, we're going to have to fly through Tehran and then from Tehran somewhere else. And I'm like, Brendan, hold on a minute. Let me see if I can find you another flight where you don't have to go to Tehran. We don't have to have my daughter pregnant with her first child landing in Tehran we can go a different route. And we ended up going a different route to the country they were going to. They didn't have to go. Same area geographically. And this is the prince of that area. And in other words, it's on the dark side. So it's this demonic or fallen angel realm. And his domain was Persia. And the, here, you have, here you have Gabriel coming to Daniel and can't get to him because of this, this spirit uh, that, we, that we call the prince of Persia and the kings of Persia. They're resisting him, and he can't, he can't get through. Let's look at Ephesians. I'm coming to a close. Are you okay? Is this all right? Is it warm in here? So the ACs are not really working. Oh, it is working? It's not working. Wow. There's division in this house. <laughs> Ephesians 1, 15 through 23. Therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that God, the Lord of our, the God of I'm sorry, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling and the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead, seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, Far above all, you can't get any more than all, 
Christ is seated far above all. In other words, enthroned above all principality, prince of Persia, and the and power and might and dominion and every name that is named. Authority is is named. I come in the name of the president of the United States, you know, Joe Biden, or I come in the name of the governor of Louisiana, uh, Governor John Bell Edwards, or I come in the name, name, uh, a name is, is invested with authority. The name of Jesus, right, is the highest name with the most authority. Every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come, put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body. So if Christ is the head and we're the body and he's over all, then the enemy's under our feet. Ephesians 6, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil the tricks, the strategies, for we do not wrestle, and that's face-to-face, hand-to-hand combat. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood. That's not how we do it, not flesh and blood, but it is tight combat. But here's how it works, against principalities, prince of Persia, powers, rulers of the darkness of this age, spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. So put on that armor. Look at 16. Above all, take the shield of faith, which will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And then look at Colossians 1, 15 through 20. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created that are in heaven and are on earth, visible and invisible. There's a whole invisible reality. Whether thrones or dominions, or principalities, or powers. Colossians 2, 8 through 15. Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy, empty deceit, according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. For in Him dwells all the fullness of the God. In Christ dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in Him In Him who is the head, Christ is the head, enthroned above all principality and power. Verse 15, having disarmed principalities and powers, He made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it, in the cross, in, in His death. Stand with me right now, I'm coming to a close, believe it or not. There are ranks in the spirit realm. There's an authority structure in both the good and the bad realms. The prince of Persia is a fallen angel of high rank, and he was opposing the prayers and the answer to the prayer of Daniel. Jesus talked about Satan being the ruler of this world three times. In John 12, and John 14, and John 16, 
He spoke of him being the, the ruler of this world. And so here he dispatches in the geopolitical, geographical area a spirit to resist the answer getting to Daniel. There's more going on behind the scenes. What you're facing, your struggle, when you really get down to it, it's a spiritual struggle. It really is. The enemy wants your faith. He wants you to throw in the towel, give up. Quit believing. Walk away. Give up. That's what he wants. He wants to wear you out. There's one scripture that talks about the enemy trying to wear out the saints of the Most High God. Get you off your faith. Steal your faith. If he can get your faith, he's got your victory. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith, John would say. So how's the enemy doing? Is it working? Is your faith dwindling? Are you being strong in the Lord and in the power of His might? Is your faith intact? Job came under attack and he didn't understand the book of Job. He did not read the book of Job. He lived it. He didn't know that behind the scenes... There was all this stuff happening in the spiritual realm. It was all kind of conditions being laid out. It was a test. But when it all got done to him and he had lost so much and not understanding the spiritual aspect of it, his wife said, why don't you just give up? Curse God and die. Give up on God. Job said, if, if he slays me, yet will I trust him. I came naked in this world, and I'll leave naked, but I will not cease to bless the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. The Lord gives, the Lord takes away, blessed be the name of the Lord. He didn't understand all of that, but you and I have the advantage of seeing His experience and countless others in Scripture and throughout history. And we've come through a year like no other year, you or, or me, we've never faced anything like this. We've never faced the storms that we've faced. On all fronts, I told Valerie this, this week, I said, you know what's crazy is we were listening to a sermon from the 90s. And, and, and it's funny, I, we've listened to quite a few of them from the 80s and 90s of late. And just going down the road, we were listening to this sermon. This guy's talking about revival. Revival's coming, man. This is what it's going to look like. Revival's coming. It's going to look like we're on the precipice of revival. And, and to revive means to, to place back to its original position. And everybody's expecting the church to go back to its original position. And they were talking about this is what revival looks like. God's moving in this denomination and that denomination. God, this is. And I told her, I said, you know what? It's funny to listen to everybody's predictions of what revival looked like just a few years ago. Because I have a feeling God's had a plan all along. And I'll tell you what we didn't see was what happened in the last year and a half, not only in the United States of America, but around the world. There's been such a global shift, a change of the way things are done, perceived, Churches are scrambling to find themselves. And somebody was, somebody was talking about revival in the sermon we were listening to. And they said, the church is normal. Uh, you know, it, the days of doing church is normal is over. And I laughed. 
And I said, you know what? That fella had no idea. He thought he was doing abnormal church. He never saw 2020, did he? But I say, bring it on, Lord. I'm not losing my faith. I'm not stepping down. I know there's more that are for us than are against us. And, and I want to encourage you tonight. You're on the winning side. Close your eyes with me right now. Father, this is not a pep rally. But I do want to encourage, Lord, the saints of the Most High God, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. You have a covenant with God. God is on your side. It's sealed in the blood of the Lamb. It is a blood-sworn covenant, an oath from the Almighty God. I'm with you. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. When you walk through the waters, I will be with you. You won't drown. When you go through the fire, I will be with you. You will not be burned. I'll take you through. I'll fulfill my will in you. My holy angels are for you. They're on your side. Cheer up. Lift up your head, beloved. Your redemption draweth nigh. Come on, can you lift your hands to him and begin to praise him right now? Let a spirit of encouragement fill this house. Come on, let the power come on in this house. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you were blessed. For more information on our church, Pastor Donovan, or service times, please visit our website at golifepoint.com.